0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Gulfstream on Saturday, January 14th, 2023. This is show number 208, January 13th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, I see you finished second in a contest last week. I don't know, uh, I as you won a spot in the Pegasus Challenge, and I was just wondering, you know, what were the races and what was your biggest score in the, in the contest?
2: Uh, it, was, it was races from Gulfstream. And uh, I hit one race on the synthetic at Gulfstream, which I don't hate as much as many of our guests and listeners do. And then I uh, parlayed that with another score in the last race. Uh, it was a maiden claimer on the turf. So that turned my $300 into almost 5000 which wasn't even close to winning. I finished second, and John Nichols, who we've had on the pod before, he's a uh, clocker in Kentucky, he had, like, 8000 So I'm not sure what he hit, but he had a really good day. But I'll take it. It was a – you know, I – Made some cash. I'll be playing in the Pegasus contest and um, really looking forward to the races today and our tomorrow and going forward. We're starting to get close to the Triple Crown trail, and that's when it gets fun.
1: All right. Well, congratulations. Turning three hundred into four or five thousand is uh, you know very rewarding unto itself. So, congrats and. Good luck in the Pegasus. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash kings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash kings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special guest. She was a contact coordinator for Horse Racing Nation. Last week, she was on Talking Horses with Andy Serling. And on the same day, she played the pick five and hit it for $4,500. She's Sarah Elbadwi. Sarah, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me on.
1: All right, Sarah. um, Since you're new to the show, one of the questions we always ask is, what is your handicapping methodology?
0: I would say I'm a pretty big visual person. I definitely like to watch my replays, see things for myself on what happened in certain races. Um, I'm a DRF formulator user as well and uh, a believer in the buyer speed figures, even though I don't, I don't necessarily uh, rely on them solely to tell me the whole story about certain races, but that's kind of how I, I come to my conclusions for my opinions.
1: Okay. Well, fantastic. We look forward to uh, getting your handicapping wisdom and because we have to have a short, uh, short show uh, we're going to go right into the pick five it's at Gulfstream on Saturday, the 14th, and we're starting with a seventh race. It's an allowance optional claiming five furlongs on the synthetic Purse of 54,000 for state bred fillies and mares, four year olds and up Sarah, what are you thinking in this race?
0: Um, for me, I, I put the number three royalty blue on top. This one is a uh, six to one on the morning line and I tried the synthetic surface for the first time last time out, which was a win for this horse. Um, all dirt starts beforehand, but consistently was hitting the board. I. I feel as though this one is going to sit just off of the pace setter, which should be the number two Veloce Bella to this one's inside. Uh, this one just seems like a player tactically, even though she is taking a little bit of a step up as far as company. And I think this one just might get the right trip in here since being close early is so important in these shorter synthetic uh, sprints.
1: Yeah, not too much speed and does figure to be up close. Chris, where are you at here?
2: Well, I I like the way Sarah's thinking. Um, That horse definitely figures, and six to one seemed like a pretty fair price on that horse, so I wouldn't talk her off that. I went to the horse right outside, Royally Blue and the four-horse Soul Hope. Um, I'm all about upside, and to me, this is the horse with the upside in here. It's interesting. It's only had four starts. Uh, The two on dirt weren't very good. The two on turf uh, were both wins. And not always, but typically horses that are um, much better on turf than dirt will handle the switch to synthetic fine. And so I'm sort of counting on that. Also looking at the breeding, her sire, Saldat, has quite a few horses that have run well on synth in the past, uh, and in past horses. So I I think it'll take the turf. I I like the fact they go to Edgar Zayas here. He was on board when she crushed the field at Colonial off a similar layoff that, that she's coming into this race on. So we know this horse can fire off the freshening. And this trainer, Mary Leitner, with Zayas on board has a small sample size, but they've won three of nine five for nine in the money so they've clicked before together including with this horse um so and this horse does have good tactical seat doesn't have to be on the lead but should be laying close enough to be you know in a good position in the short distance on the synthetic so uh similar price to royally blue i kind of like soul hope a little better but you know let price be your guide um that'll be my play
1: Okay, well, uh, you two both selected my top two picks. I am with Sarah on Royally Blue. Um, <clears throat> I watched the replay of that last race. The There was no head-on, but the comment said that the horse broke in and was bumped. So I wasn't able to see that because there was no head-on version of that race. But um, you know what I did see looked good, was up close. And... Galloped out best in its first race on synthetic. So that in general, the rule is if a horse gets on a surface for the first time and wins and runs, you know, as well or better than it ever has, then you would expect the horse to improve. So I absolutely am with Sarah on Royally Blue. But my second choice was Soul Hope, who's two for two on the turf, as you mentioned, and just may like synthetic. So those are my two.
2: anything you want to add to that race sir
0: um i i see what you're saying with soul hope and i looked at this one a little bit i just didn't love that um this one definitely to me at least won't be in front of the two or the three here as far as uh as far as early speed but i don't know that that's a necessity for this horse um since this one doesn't need the lead to start Um, i didn't really look at this as a synthetic move up pedigree but certainly should be able to handle it pedigree wise. And it's not as though this one is facing the toughest field of all time. Um, as far as other horses that I would use in the pick five, I would also use the two, um, and the five as well. Just they faced each other before. And, uh, they're they're getting back to a level where they've had some more um, success in the past facing um, these state bred kind of company for the optional uh, twenty thousand dollar tag. So I would I would go three deep in here to start.
1: So that's a veloce bella the two and hard to capture the five uh, for for purposes of people who may not have the numbers at their fingertips.
2: Yeah, the two horse definitely looks like a threat to go wire to wire, and you, know, you always have to respect speed at five furlongs,
0: even on the synthetic. Agree completely, it okay, seems well. like the speed of the speed.
1: All right, so because we have a limited time to do the show, I'm going to move right forward to the eighth race. It's a maiden special weight, mile on dirt, purse of 84,000 for three-year-olds, and Chris, your turn to get us started.
2: Yeah, easy race, um, They always have these maidens with uh, live firsters. Um, there's a couple of horses could really be steam horses in here. So my two main comments here will be one, the six horse Wayhill Road as a morning line of eight to one. Um, I hate to disappoint the fans but you're not gonna get eight to one on Wayhill Road. That's just one thing I'll note right away. Of the horses that have run, definitely this is gonna be the favorite. Uh, it just depends on how much steam a couple of the live, potentially live firsters um, take that will dictate the final price, but you're not going to get anything close to eight to one on that horse. So just keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to go with the three horse Archangelo. I like this horse heading into its last race. I watched it's a workout before that last race. I actually had a trip note on the workout, which is what I, I thought was kind of cool. It was a three horse gatework. And <laughs> And it was in the middle of two horses, and two horses just came in right into him, right out of the gate, completely sandwiched it, you know, knocked it off stride completely. But when it gathered itself, it just destroyed both of them in the workout. And so I was all over that horse next time out. Unfortunately, caught a sloppy track on its debut, took a lot of mud, came from off it. Finished well, couldn't catch the wire-to-wire winner, but really galloped out strong. It's by Arrogate out of a tappet mirror. I mean, it's really bred to run all day. Should love to stretch out to a mile. Um, and with uh, potential steam horses and you know, the horse already mentioned, Wayhill Road, I think there's a good chance a horse could float up above the five-to-one morning line. So I'm going to go with a three Archangelo, uh, second time out, stretching out. Red to, to love it. And uh, we'll see you know, what kind of price we get, but I'm counting on it floating up a bit.
1: Archangelo not only closed from last in his last race, but galloped out past the winner. Sarah, where are you at on this race?
0: Well, I totally agree with Chris that this morning line of eight to one on the number six Wayhill Road is just absolutely not going to happen. Uh, I think the morning line for this race is... It's pretty off just in general. Um, the number two King's Barns is a first time starter for the Pletcher Barn. This one is seven to two on the line. And if this horse is is the real deal, there's a chance that this horse could be a heavy favorite if they don't um, hammer Way Hill Road as much. But I mean, this one, uh $800,000, two year old, very professional sales workout, barely asked and went 20 and, and three. Um, you know, you don't love to see them not get to the track right away, but this one has some really nice workouts going so far. Um, this one, I think that this horse could be the real deal for the Pletcher barn here. Um, I'm, I'm with you on way Hill road. I think this horse also, uh, obviously not going to be that price, but. Big purchase price, big pedigree routing for the first time, kind of got rushed up a little bit into traffic on debut and then had to had to steady a little bit. Um, And then I guess the only other one that I'd want in here would be uh, all the way to the outside in the number 11 big data. And this one, six to one on the morning line, I think this horse is going to float up a little bit, just doesn't have the same connections, pedigree, all the big, the big steam things that you would bet. Um, but this horse's two races have been decent so far. And I like that this one um, overcame a little bit of gate trouble on debut and had to sit off and and make a move versus uh, setting the pace last time. So I like that we've seen some, uh, some versatility from this one. And I think that this one at least should be in the exotic somewhere.
1: Okay, well, I have both of your top picks in my pick five. But... I have a different top top pick, and that is, um, what's the number? It's the four, Berlone. I don't know if it's Berlone or Berlone. But the horse stumbled badly in its first race. In fact, it went all the way. Its face hit the ground, and then it showed speed before fading badly. I think that's excusable due to the stumble. And since then, he's worked much faster. And now it gets Paco Lopez who the trainer is hitting at with, um, at 25%. So, um, you know, in a race that I want to go a little deep in, I'm going to pick Berloni. I'm going to say Berloni on top at
2: 20 to one. Yeah, I, I would like Berloni a lot more if this was a sprint, but I just run the other direction. Anytime the practical joke horses stretch out, just he has not been a good sire of route horses. Now this is a one turn mile maybe that helps a little bit but i i typically avoid them so i'm going to be more ho- on this horse i mean, if he if he runs well then good job scott if he doesn't i I'd, I'd really be on this horse if they cut back in distance um because i like the horse i just don't like the stretch out with berloni or Berlone. um i'll just mention <laughs> two to Two other horses. Yeah, I <laughs> no. you know.
1: I, I yeah. <laughs> 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 the baloney horse. <laughs> so, don't give me that baloney. Yes. Um, no, but, but seriously, I, I did when I saw a Practical Joke, I thought of your, um, you know, running away and shrieking whenever you saw a, a practical
2: <laughs> Yeah, joke you probably knew exactly what I was. Distance. Yeah, you knew exactly what I was going to say on that horse. But, like I said, I would love it on the cutback. We'll see. I could be wrong. It doesn't mean like he can't run. He's got some good distance breeding underneath. So um, no, not impossible, but just not my cup of tea, even at a big price. The other two I just mentioned is um, one, the other first that could take some money is the one horse, Sarah Shaman. And that horse actually outworked a pretty good older horse in collaborate. Um, I watched that work out. It's a little bit, weird though collaborate the rider was like water skiing on the horse for the first quarter mile to work out so i don't know i mean it might have been more just collaborate was bad than than sarah shaman was good but the fact that they're working you know a, a just turned three-year-old with a good older horse means the horse probably has some talent and you know certainly Safi joseph can get him ready um first time out so that one I'd be looking at the Will Pays. Uh, you'll be able to see the Will Pays in the doubles for the pick five. You might want to see if either of those two horses are really taking money. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if either one or both are. And then the other thing, in these kind of races, a lot of time when there's all these sexy connections and lightly raced horses, you sometimes get a kind of a solid, hor- experienced horse that ends up winning the race. He may not be the most talented horse in the race, but just... Uh, it has enough talent and it has a little bit of an edge and experience. Sometimes that is the kind that wins this sort of race. And for me, that horse would be the five Prairie Dunes who um, has some decent races and uh, including its last race going on a one turn mile where it was only a neck away from not being eligible for this race at Churchill. So wouldn't be a shock to see a, you know, Bill Mott trained horse win this race. Uh, even though maybe it's more exposed than these other horses, you know, that experience edge might come in handy. So if that horse is a price, which it could be if the others get bet, um, you know, Prairie Dunes is one you might want to at least consider adding into your pick five.
1: Yeah, I have uh, Prairie Dunes as uh, running two solid races as a two-year-old, been freshened a bit and shows his fastest work coming into this. So I would use him too. I'm also using Archangelo Wayhill Road, and somehow I'm going to include Kings Barnes just because it is a Pletcher, and an eight hundred thousand dollar Pletcher at that.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting race, and I think could have some uh, some possible Derby Derby implications down the line.
1: Okay, we'll go to the ninth race. It's the they've, they've changed it from the Sunshine Millions to just the Sunshine, Philly and Mare Turf. It's a mile on turf, person 75,000 for state bred, Philly's and Mare's, Florida bred, I guess, Philly's and Mare's. For, well, I don't know, it might also be California, but uh, it's Philly's and Mare's, four-year-olds and up, mile on the turf. And Sarah, your turn to get us started.
0: Yeah, I think the big question to start is what do you do with uh, with Sugarfix, who I think will be a pretty solid favorite in this race, even though there's um a, a little bit uh, of morning line favoritism towards uh, Sweet Danny Girl, not favoritism, but um showing that they, someone thinks that she's going to take some money, which um, I don't necessarily agree with. But my top pick in here is actually the number six, Crystal Coast, who won last time out. With a career-best 79 buyer, um, looking like a queen who is in here, ran third that day. Uh, that was a mile on turf for the state bread. Sayas was on for the first time, and he does stick. This one has some early speed, but doesn't necessarily need the lead to win. Stocked third off a moderate or kind of slow-paced for the last win. Um, and the, the jockey-trainer combo here is just huge. 39%, 333 ROI for Sayas and Carlos David. Um, the prior race to the win was a second at 23 to one on the synthetic. So this horse has just been fairly consistent for the 2022 campaign in the money for four of six. And I think that if she, if she runs something similar to her last race, she's definitely a big player in here. Um, I like the H to one morning line. If we get it, that's uh, that's even better.
1: Okay. Crystal coast coming off a win in a second and that second on the synthetic. Chris where are you at?
2: Yeah these um, state bred stakes races sometimes what makes them a little tricky is these horses you'll have these horses like in this race that have run for quite a while and never been on the turf but they try them on the turf just because it's a they're eligible for it and it's a good purse Um, and we've got several of those in here and if they take to the turf they could be really dangerous but I'm gonna go with a horse with established turf form, and that is the nine horse, Mona Stella. She has some good turf races, probably good enough to win this. In fact, most all of her turf races have been good efforts. She seldom runs a bad race. She has kind of a gappy running line. So there's some obvious physical issues, but usually when she gets to the track and she can string together a couple races, Um, Her races are good. And her second race off a layoff in particular seems to always be a career best effort. So I'm kind of hoping we see that pattern again here. Her first race off the bench was supposed to be on the turf. It was taken off the turf onto the synth. They decided to run her anyway, probably just because they wanted to get a race into her. And um, she didn't run that bad. It was a sprint and it was on that different surface. And she kind of broke slowly. But I thought it was a good prep. And now they've got her where, the, where she belongs, um, routing on the turf, second off a layoff. Uh, a little bit surprised they take the blinkers off. Um, she has good positional speed. Uh, I, I hope that her rider, Jose Ortiz, who's generally pretty aggressive, uses some of that speed to get a good position going to that first turn. That's important. Uh, I think she's certainly capable of doing that. And maybe, with the blinkers off, she'll relax uh, once they get good position, either on the lead or maybe just off or stocking and I think she's ready to run a big race at a at a price, so I'm gonna go with the nine monastella
1: okay, another race where i have i like both of your horses and um but I do have a different pick, and uh, I I know this horse is not going to be four to one. The horse is probably going to be more like seven to five. But the two of Vow is seriously, seriously faster than these horses, only it's on dirt. And the question is, can she handle the turf? Her dam was um, a grade three winner on the turf and a multiple stakes winner on turf. Uh, I just had a hard time picking any other horse Monastella, I was I was definitely interested in but there's one stat I did not like and that is that the trainer is 1 for 13 going second off a layoff sprint to route with a 0.22 ROI uh, that's based on a a 2 to 5 favorite but it is 10 to 1 so I you know I definitely want to use it I just can't pick it on top and um, you know I, I'd say that my second pick is Crystal Coast so uh I would use those three in this race. And I'm not sure, you know, you guys will have to weigh in on what you think the price of a vow will be. I'm not sure how I'm gonna play it, but uh I'd have a hard time playing this race without a vow on the ticket.
0: Yeah, I don't know that she's gonna be four to one. I don't know that she's gonna be favored over sugar fix just because sugar fix has such uh solid Turf at synthetic form, um, but out of all the horses trying this surface uh, for the first time, or ones that don't have a lot of turf experience, this is the only one that I'd want, just because there is some some turf pedigree, um, and and Pletcher does well with getting these horses onto the onto the surface for the first time. So, uh, out of the four inside runners, Avow's the only one that I'd want to use of those.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, with Pletcher and I-Red, I think a Val gets bet. I, I I expect her to be the favorite. I don't know if she'll be 7-5, to five, but I do think she'll go off favorite. And because she does have that good turf breeding underneath. The one caveat, though, is Arrogate hasn't been great as a turf sire. Now, he he's still pretty – I mean, he's not going to be a sire. I guess he's no longer – I'm going to produce any anything, but his, his horses tend to be much better on the dirt than the turf, so that might be a negative, but certainly if that horse can run to its dirt form on turf, and they're probably all running for second in this race. I do think, though, that the horse at a price that might be interesting first-time turf is right outside of the vow. Don't get cozy. That horse has decent turf breeding. I mean, Cozan has had a lot of good turf runners, and... You know, that horse, uh, second time in this uh, new barn, and the barn is really hot right now. They've won eight of their last 14 races at Gulfstream. The horse is maybe the best closer in the race. And, um, you know, if it does take to the turf and they go fast early, especially with a lot of these horses that are, you know, not really meant for their best on the turf, that horse might be a surprise. could come come rolling late um, at a big price. Don't get cozy, so that's the other one I'm kind of interested in from a price perspective is the three.
1: Alright, we'll uh, we'll move to the next race. It's the 10th. The Sunshine Sprint Stakes, six furlongs on the dirt, purse of 75,000. For fillies and mares, four year olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started
2: yeah this is a a blank throw a blanket over' them kind of race. I mean, they all look like they could win. There's not a lot separating them so in this kind of race, you know I'm gonna gravitate towards a price, and I'm also usually gonna gravitate towards the horse with the upside and for me, that's Cajun's magic uh this horse by Cajun Breeze, so it's it's a sprinter. I mean, Cajun Breeze isn't going to throw a derby winner. I don't think there's any chance <laughs> it's ever going to happen. Um, and this horse started its career really well sprinting, and then, you know, they tried it on the Triple Crown Trail. Uh, that was probably never going to happen, but it didn't embarrass itself. It just really is a sprinter. Not surprisingly, something went awry, It's been off for a long time, but now they bring it back sprinting, and um, just through normal development based on what this horse was running in the summer of his two-year-old year, year, there's no reason to think that it is not capable now as a four-year-old of running fast enough to win, and off the layoff, um, this uh, barn isn't too bad off the layoff. And in particular, this barn with this connections, the trainer and the owners, they do really well. And this Rios is their go-to rider. And, um, you know, this combination's nine for 26, 20 out of 26 in the money. So almost every time they send a horse out and put him on, uh, the horse runs well, including off the bench. They've had a couple hit the board off the layoff. So. And he's got a nice fast gate drill and I watched it and he really broke sharply from the gate. So I, I think, um, you know, he's going to show some speed off the break and he draws a nice outside post. So I'm hoping he can lay close enough. There's a couple of real burners. I'm hoping that might hook up up early and uh, he could get a real sweet trip if things go well. And, you know, he's the longest shot on the board in the morning line Cajun's magic.
1: Occasion's Magic, 5 for 8 in the exacta at Gulfstream and 1 for 1 at the distance. Sarah, what are you thinking?
0: Um, Occasion's Magic is definitely the the interesting horse in here because you're looking at a fairly even betting board and a group that you know you could make a you could make a case for pretty much all of them so this is the one that's the, the price and has the uh, the potential upside um, and I, I totally agree that he could get a, a really decent trip stalking right to the outside um, but I do think he would need to be a little bit of an improved four-year-old against this group and I do like Legends Can't Die, the number four horse, quite a bit since this one did start the career on the turf and then switched to the dirt last time going seven furlongs and, and was a great price that day, 18 to one. And while he did show some speed and and was close to lead and then just got caught by endorsed late. Um, That figure of a 92, a lot of the other horses that were in that race, that's right on par with what we normally see from them. So I'm inclined to believe that it's indicative of his actual ability. And I don't think he necessarily needs the lead to be successful um, since he did not set the pace in his debut. However, that was on the turf going to six furlong, so um, he's been working pretty well since then. I like the slight cutback for him, and I think he'll be able to handle it. Um, I'm hopeful that the number three Unsociable takes some money for uh, for the Irad Ortiz-Mike Maker uh, connection here, and this one has, uh, has yet to actually run a race on the dirt. It has just been running on the synthetic, though. Um, Works certainly indicate that he'll be able to handle it, Um, I think this is a kind of race where you need to you need to take a stand with somebody because, I mean, you could tell me that, you know, the one, two, three, four, five, seven, even the six, anybody wins. And I wouldn't be super surprised. So I think this is the spot if you're if you're playing this pick five to um, stick to your opinion instead of spreading out here.
1: All right, I'm going to go with Cajun's Magic. Uh, I'm on with Chris. Was horse was fast as a two-year-old, and it was pretty fast as a three-year-old, but it was running too far. It had two two-turn races, including the Florida Derby. Um, so, you know, now he's had time to develop. He's working well. He's got a really fast workout, as Chris mentioned and he's four for eight in the money. Um, I'm sorry, the trainer is, he's only one for eight off of this kind of layoff, but he is four for eight in the money. And uh, as as I mentioned before, this horse is five for eight in the exacta at Gulfstream. And he's one for one at the distance. So I really like his chances. I will actually also have another horse on my ticket and that is Lightning Larry. He carries a, big a big impost of 125 but does get the rail and should be able to wire you know um take them on the lead and you know that 125 is a drag but he will be on the inside so he'll be saving ground and um he is circling back to a top effort so so uh if lightning larry runs his best race he'll be hard to catch so those two for me cajun's magic and lightning larry
2: yeah, Lightning Larry and Boca Boy seem like the speed. And depending on, you know, how it unfolds, if one of those two could clear, either one could be dangerous. Probably Lightning Larry has to go from the rail. And so, you know, he is probably a threat to wire them. Um, uh, so, you know, that that could happen. For me, the other horse besides Cajun's Magic is probably the two, Gatsby, who I think is probably the best horse from off the pace. And um, you know, with Louis Saez, he won't let him get too far back. And I think he might be the one that could reel in the front runners if Cajun um Cajun's magic isn't quite ready for its best, you know, first off the layoff. That would be, you know, I would probably go with Gatsby as my second choice.
1: All right, because we are super limited for time, I'm going to move right to the 11th race. It's a maiden claiming mile on the turf, purse of 32000 for three-year-old fillies. Sarah, what do you got for us?
0: Uh, I mean, isn't Wand going to be everybody's universal single just because if you look anywhere else, it's like, where do you go? But I'm kind of tired of this horse. This one was purchased for $360,000, and it's just kind of going in the wrong direction for me. Um, the debut at Saratoga was versus much tougher on the turf, but then comes back and is favored on the synthetic and runs fifth and then favored last time out and runs third. Um, and last time with the blinkers on, this horse was really asked out of the gate and she just was not quick enough to get ahead of the only horse to her inside who ended up being the uh, eventual winner. Uh, I just didn't love that. She then got stuck having to move to the outside for a clear run, And size is just all over her, trying to motivate her. She looks like she's going to kick on by, and then there's just nothing really there. Um, And Mohawk Trail, who went gate to wire. um, But Literate flew from the back for a second, so it's not like no one could make up any ground at all. I just don't really know that this horse is that good, and this horse is going to be a short price. So I'm going to try to beat this one, and I'm going to try to do that with the number three, Good Better Best, who has shown speed on the dirt before uh, first time on the turf. And I mean, Fausto Gutierrez just has really great stats from small sample sizes so far, but really robust ROIs for uh, first off the claim, first time turf, uh, first time Lasix, switching from the dirt to the turf. Um, The dam's best race was a second on the turf. One of the siblings won twice on the grass. Um, Collected actually broke his maiden on the turf, so should be able to handle the surface. Um, and I think that if this one can just take them gate to wire, this one could be dangerous. Um, and for a little bit of a price, I, I looked at the number seven at Deliziosa, who's uh, 30 to one on the line. Um, there's not a ton of pedigree here, uh, but the dam actually won a turf race in France. Um, this one sold for 10,000. Cloud computing, the sire, stands for 5,000. So. This one just seems to be spotted very well, and I just don't know that there's a ton going on in this race. If you don't like WAND, um, there's there's not much else to grasp onto.
1: Okay, good, better, best, your top pick. Um, amazing the stats that G- Gutierrez has. First off the claim, 768. First turf, 794. First Lasix, 282 dirt to turf 643 31 to 60 days 364 and just on the turf in general 24% with a 542 ROI pretty amazing. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I am a lot on the same page. I uh, you know, Juan maybe magic in here, but uh she'll get way over bet for sure. And so, uh probably will win. I've lost many times to these kind of pletcher droppers, but the thing I like about betting against this one is it's not a first time dropper. It's a second time dropper. And I already put it in for the maiden claiming tag and now they're dropping even further. So it's kind of a fire sale and, you know, it probably will win, but from the nine hole, I'm going to try to beat it just like Sarah said. And I actually am on the same horse. I, 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 like the name because a good, better, best. If you look at its PP's race two back, it finished third, which was good. It's last race, it finished second, which was better. And I'm hoping that today it will win, which will be best. Um, <laughs> and uh, so how can you go against a hunch bet like that? Uh all those stats you guys mentioned are definitely caught my eye. Uh one that is interesting is Has he ever claimed? And what I always like about horses when they get claimed is I like to see the trainer had a plan, a reason for claiming the horse. And to me, the reason he claimed this horse was he wants to put it on the turf because the dam was plus turf, collected as a plus turf sire. He thought, man, I can get this horse. I can take it down to Gulfstream where they have a speed favoring turf course. This horse is bred to love the turf, and he's got great speed. You know, he's perfect. Uh, you know, I'll take him and I'll I'll run him in a maiden claimer on the turf. and That's what he's doing. So has he ever done this before? Well, in fact, he has. One time he did claim a horse and then moved it first time to turf in a maiden claimer. And guess what? It won at 31 to 1 at Indiana Downs. So that's another little stat. Very small sample size, obviously, you can throw into the mix of good stats. And it does look like he could clear and you know, that's always dangerous from the inside post with Jose Ortiz going a mile and Maiden claimer. A lot to like. I'm just worried if it's not too obvious. Um, so I'm really hoping that that Juan does take a lot of money because I'm afraid this horse might take some money as well. But I'm I'm with Sarah. Um, we'll see what, who Scott likes, but at least we got a double bagger with uh, Sarah and I on the three horse. Good, better, best.
1: Well, let's make it a triple barreled pick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, uh, maybe we won't get eight to one on the horse, but um, with all those stats, but, um, you know, uh, just to add to it, the horse is a half to Lucy's Cakes Fly, who is two for six on the turf. Um, I think that's the only turf pedigree that I could see, you know, uh, in the siblings, the dam was second on the turf, which it was a main race, so not that big a deal. But um, you know, this was this is a tough race. So uh, I, I, you know, I, I absolutely do not want Wand. I mean, you know, the horse the horse is slow and and it's coming from the outside. the The other horse that I would use besides Good, Better, Best, I'm not going to put a lot of money into this pick five, um, is D City Girl, who's the one horse. And what caught my eye about that horse is that the trainer has a, a positive ROI, first-time starters, on the turf. And that's because, well, he in, in the last five years, he's one for 25 with maiden, maiden first-time starters. And that one winner was a 50-to-1 at Monmouth on the turf. Now, it was sprinting, but I like this horse. Uh, I like the breeding on this horse, being out of Temple by Temple City. So should be able to get the distance. The workouts seem fine. Um, the the jockey gets in at well, he's, he's a super bug and he carries only 111. Uh, I can absolutely see, totally see this horse. You know, assuming that good, better, best will go for the lead, I can see D City Girl like right in second, and um, uh, I, I would I would put it between those two horses. So. So good, better, best—triple-barreled pick—and D City Girl is my pick, my second pick.
2: Sarah, it's jump a lot in. Of weight. anything else? Yeah, <laughs> way too much for a poor little maiden claimer. Yeah.
0: Anything else, Sarah, on this race? Um, I think that's it. I think well, this is uh this is going to be. A, a, if you don't like Wand and you're not eyeing this uh this three good better best like we are i mean there's, uh there's not a ton to go off of for other horses i guess people might gravitate towards cloud storage but this one this one didn't really uh catch my eye too too much so uh tough way to end it but it, it's kind of fun that way when you end a, a sequence with a, a a difficult race like this
2: yeah i just right, well. add, i i know scott's in her just one other horse the um four horse lead performer he's the other horse with some speed Uh, his turf races were good I would just toss the synth race he really didn't do anything on that one now he's back on the turf I'm a little worried he might push good better best early but I'm hoping one of those you know he doesn't and he's willing to kind of rate and you know he's the other horse I would be interested in the four lead performer
1: Okay. Yeah. Apologies to our listeners for having to have such a short show. It's because we had a lot of technical difficulties at the beginning and I have a, an obligation in just a few minutes. So I would like to thank our guest, Sarah El Badwi. Sarah, thanks for handicapping with us.
0: Thank you for having me on. It was great.
1: All right. Let's hope we got some winners and that will conclude show number 208 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Gulfstream and wherever else you play, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout.
2: I'll see you on Sport Kings. Cheers.
1: Kenya.